Welcome to the About Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Skirtu. I'm a licensed marriage therapist in the state of Missouri and an ASEC certified sex therapist. You can find me at www.therapistinstlouis.com. So today I am interviewing Nikki Lee. Is it Nikki Lee or Lay? Lee. Lee. I want to make sure I have it correct. I keep asking people like in the middle of my intro, but whatever. It's fine. So this is Nikki Lee. She's a love coach and the host of Ready for Love Radio. Um, Nikki Lee is an award-winning author who passionately shares her knowledge about coaching and relationships to help other people gain the life and love they deserve through books, coaching, and her radio show. Thank you for coming on, Nikki. Well, I'm glad to be here. You know, you've come to visit me, so I figured it was time to to come visit you. I have visited you a couple times. I think I've been on your show like two or three times now, but it's been fun every time. (laughs) (laughs) So, Nikki, um, tell us about yourself. Like, tell me more about like what makes you awesome, why everybody should know more about you. (laughs) Oh, wow. You know, I've been used to getting to talk about myself on the radio. This is this is a whole new thing. I know you interview um, other people, so now you have to tell everybody why you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me see. Um, you know, I just well, I, I kind of discovered love coaching by mistake or kind of accidentally while I was I was doing something while I was doing promotional work, and I I came from a really repressed background. Um, you know, one of the, and you're, you're going to relate to this. Oh, one yes. of those ones where you, you didn't talk and think about sex, which, yeah, that mm-hmm. is just not fun. Let's just say not fun at all. Well, I, yeah. It, and you weren't even allowed to be a female interested in sex. Like that was a big thing for my history. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You, you, and, and if you did, you're supposed to feel guilty and ashamed if you did. Oh yeah. Always. That's kind of a, like, yep. that's an MO. <laughs> You know, um, remember those days way too well, you know. Mm-hmm. But, Hence why we're in this field, right? You always exactly. start from a really shameful background and you either stay in it and you're like, I'm free. <laughs> that, well, you know, and and I didn't get past all that until my probably almost my mid to late 40s. And yeah, 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 I'm really that old. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even going to bug you about it, but that's actually pretty common for women to kind of come into themselves sexually around 35 and later. So that makes perfect sense to me. Well, it does. Well, if I hadn't, hadn't discovered Dr. Ava in love coaching, I, I still, sadly, would still be there. You know, but but once I finally get to break out of that and realize there's a whole other world here on the other side, I, I just, I had to share it. It's one of those kind of things that I couldn't keep it to myself. Mm-hmm. and. It's like, you know, I, I lived that way for far, far, far too long. And I, I just, I had to share it. And I, I started writing about it. And I, I started a blog called lovecoachjourney.com. Okay. And because I, I just said, this is, this is the beginning of my journey. Okay. So I, I want to share it and I want to bring other people on this journey with me and help them start to learn this kind of stuff. And if I can do anything to help them to start to get rid of some of this guilt and shame, I got to do it. So I started writing my blogs and then I said, well, maybe I can share more through books because I'm also an author. And so I, I started writing books and then it's like, you know, how about I put all this together into a program? So I put together a 12 part program to help people and, and we put everything we can think of that's holding people back from loving themselves and that and all of it's part of ways to help people to get rid of all that guilt and shame you and I knew way, way, way too well. 
Well, you know what? It's and, not just us, Nikki, man. Everybody, everybody you, feels this right. guilt and shame. I, I just think it's a societal thing that's going on, not just a religious thing, but that's just what? me. <laughs> that's, I, think, I think people that, that are getting it through religion, I think there's a whole lot more of that. But yeah, I think society is doing that also. Mm-hmm. You know, but then I thought, well, you know, I'm reaching a certain number of people, but you know what? I bet I could reach a whole lot more through radio. <laughs> so, so I hear that's I'm, a thing. <laughs> yeah, I, me too. <laughs> so, so I did was doing a whole lot of radio interviews at the time, and then when when I was approached by a radio network saying, you know, we we'd like to have you on air with us, would you consider it? And I, I'd had a radio back, show back in 2007 doing something else. I'm like, well, you know, I think it'd be kind of fun to talk about sex on the radio. What do you think, Angela? What is it? <laughs> I think it's really fun. <laughs> I love doing it. Although I've been talking about sex for, I, I was just looking back and I've actually been a couples and sex therapist for 10 years now. I didn't realize, but it's been a decade. And so I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I always love sex. So <laughs> well, why not yeah. spread the word? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, actually this, this summer will be 10 years I've been a love coach. Oh, wow. So, you know, huh, we're right in line with each other. Kind of interesting. <laughs> well, I just had just my five-year anniversary for um, my radio show. Cool. So, um, yeah, I, you know, if you had told me back when I was a teenager or even my 20s or 30s that I'd be talking about sex on the radio to tens of thousands of people, I would have said, you have lost your mind. <laughs> but, I am thrilled to say I do. <laughs> so. Well, I'm glad you do it. We need that kind of work. That's funny, though. So, like, what sparked the awakening? What made you decide, you know what? Sex is super important, and I am done living my life this way. I'm just curious. You know, I, well, I started taking the classes um, in the love coaching program. I was working for Dr. Ava, who, who founded Loveology University. Oh, okay. And she's like, you know, if if you took the classes that I created that the people come here to take, you'd understand me better and you could promote me better. And I'm like, well, and, and the course curriculum is, is just way too great. Great. And I'm like, well, let me let me kind of start taking them. And of course, I had to take the kissing class first. There was a kissing and class? I totally want to take this class. <laughs> there is a kissing class. You learn all about kissing. Which is, I, I got to tell you, it's one of my favorite classes. My boyfriend loves it. That's my favorite class. Do you have to bring a partner? Can you kiss yourself like on your arm or something? <laughs> no, you can't bring a partner. Oh, you can't? Do what, you have to what, kiss like the people what, in the class? What, it, you, the classes <laughs> are online. But you know, the, the love work, it's not homework, it's the love work is what she assigns. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So it, <laughs> you know, it's, funny. it's funny when you tell people that you're studying to be a love coach. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be your study buddy. I'm you. <laughs> like everybody wanted to kiss you. That's cute. <laughs> like I can't kiss everyone. I have only two lips. <laughs> and you know, it's it's so cool because as I finished every time I finished one of the courses, and there's like thirty three courses, thirty eight courses in the nail. I'd, I'd post that I, I completed one of the courses, and she she gives you these little trophies that you can post to say that you finished it. And and everybody's like, I want to be your study buddy. Please let me be your study buddy. You know. So, that's such a millennial thing to do. You get a trophy just for showing up. <laughs> no, no, I earned these. I earned every one of them. You earned it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good for you, Nikki. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> but it's, it's really cool because, like I said, it's it. You're taking. A, she actually studied all these things and, and got the college degrees for everything, and then created the courses. You know that you take through the through the university. But I mean, you know, when I when I saw kissing was in one of the classes, I'm like, that's the first one I got to take. Huh. But yeah, you got you got classes on on um, 
love. I mean, love is an incredibly detailed topic to, to delve into. So you got that. You got female sexuality, male sexuality. Um, uh, let me see. Anal sex. Uh, of course. Sex, you can't you know. do sex without anal sex. Everybody's got to know a little oh, about that. Yeah. Oh, you got to do group sex. Was there homework group for that one? Yeah. <laughs> love, love work, Angela. Love I'm totally work. messing with you, Nikki. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know, and just all of these different things, I started noticing that as I was taking the classes and I was finishing and I, and I took, you know, an exam to make sure that I got the information for every one of them. I started noticing I was happier. And what's funny is my mom noticed I was happier and she said, I don't know what you're doing, but you're happier than I've seen you in years. She says, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it because it's working. And that was so awesome. And the only thing I was doing different was I was studying and I was learning about coaching. You know, Nikki, I just want to say something about that. Like I've noticed mm-hmm. that when people kind of come into themselves sexually and emotionally, like, and I and love you, you're saying love wise, but like, I just noticed that like, I kind of think the key to happiness in life is becoming your most authentic sexual self. <laughs> so like that's for free everyone. That's the key to life. Because what I see in even my clients is the more that people become their authentic sexual selves, like first of all there's a great adrenaline rush with any sexual experience, yeah. but like in yeah. general you advocate for more of what you want. You're also able to like put boundaries when you need to and you're able to just experience life in a way that other people don't. And like even you and I we both said we've gone through that like you know, that conservative kind of shame. Like there's all the shame associated with it too that you just unlock and you let go of and you can just be yourself. And like, I don't know. I think like people's true selves are unlocked through their sexuality. I don't know. It's just my thoughts. What do you think? I I, I totally agree. And I actually did a a, a show about that with a a really cool sex educator from, he's really from Israel. I don't know what part of the world he's in this week. (laughs) Well, that's cool too. (laughs) And, and we, we were talking about, you know, how great sex impacts every part of your life. And I tell people, mm-hmm. I said, you know, having great sex doesn't just impact you in the bedroom. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's every single part of your life is impacted by it. Because, I mean, now, now tell me seriously, if you meet somebody, and it may sound crazy to the listeners, and they're going to say, she has lost her mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody knew you lost your mind in your 40s. Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> Not only can you say that all the time, so let me just let me just say that. All right, say what you're going to say though. (laughs) That's a given, okay? But you can can meet people, and I'm telling you, give me 15 minutes with them or less, and I I can I can nail it probably 19 times out of 20 and tell you if they have if they have a sex life they're happy with. I'm telling you, of course, of course. You can tell it, okay? Because if they're crabby and bitchy, they've got a crappy sex life. They have okay? not been banged recently and not in exactly. the quality sort of way. Exactly. <laughs> but, but if they're happy and they're confident and they've got a strut in their step and, you know, they have a happy sex life. If they're a creative person, you know, and they've got It unlocks energy. so many parts of you, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> and it's, not, it's not just about... It's not just in the bedroom. It's every single part of your life is Mm -hmm. impacted through your sexuality. 
You know, Nikki, and, something you said that just like really um, strikes home with me too is just how much it like impacts every other part. And I don't like... I'm always surprised at just how unhappy people are in the bedroom, how little people know. And like, I'll say this to people, like, you have no idea how how much you're missing <laughs> in life, yeah. right? Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you don't even have to be crazy, Hank, you know, swinging from the chandeliers in the bedroom to be really, really happy with your well, partner. Well, now, hold on, Nikki. Yeah, I really I prefer the chandelier sex. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> you certainly can. I'm totally messing around. I just, I love that chandelier thing you say. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> just good sex. It could be great vanilla sex and it's still better than, you know, what I see some people doing. <laughs> you know, I am. I'm all for experimenting, but, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but it just, like I said, it just, well, and, and so many people have this mentality that, you know, their sex life only includes what happens in the bedroom. And I'm, I'm not talking to have sex in every room in the house and that that's what's going to make the difference. But seriously, it impacts everything in your life to some degree. Mm-hmm. And I love, I'm, I'm a super creative person. You know, I, 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 I write, I, and I, my, I do promotional work and, I love that because there's so many ways to be creative and to make it better for my clients that I work with, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I don't just write. I do everything in all facets of the, of the writing cycle, you know, um, and I, I just I creativity is just such an important part of what I do, you know. But the thing is, you're going to meet some people that have absolutely no creativity and, and just don't want to. OK, mm hmm. And I can't imagine a life without without being creative. I simply cannot imagine that. Well, it'd be pretty you know, boring, it, that's for sure. Right. <laughs> well, you got. I'm. I write because I have to. Okay. I have to put words on paper. I have to create things. That's the kind of person that I am. Thank goodness I can take my love of this information that I've learned and share it in a lot of different sorts of ways with people. And and then don't you just love when you you share like a really awesome juicy topic on your show and you get emails from from listeners that say you know how awesome it impacted them like like I did um a couple shows um back to back about domestic violence which that's a really tough topic to talk about but it's such an important topic mm-hmm. and I had a woman send me this long 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 email <laughs> about it and and she had finally gotten the nerve to leave her husband to pack her daughters up got a safe way and got away from him oh, and I mean I, I was sitting there reading that tears just rolling down my face and she says and one of the things she says it was it was you and your guest that got me to get off my butt and get out she says, I knew I should have, and I needed to. She mm-hmm. says, but I needed the last kick in the backside to do it, and your show did it for me. Yeah, and oh, I, just, I love oh, those dude. stories. No, like, and I think it's important because, like you said, the more we get the word out to people and the more then people can kind of hear different stories and realize they're not alone. I think that's a right. big part of sexuality and relationships that people are struggling with. And I don't know if it's more with the millennial generation or not. I have no idea. But like, I think as like as people are getting more and cl- more closed off, it's like we feel more and more isolated. Yes, you'll see things on porn that exist that might be similar to what you like, but you're. I feel like people aren't seeing each other and seeing their kinks in person enough or their interests or their disinterests you know like I mean right. so it's like it's almost like we're more isolated from each other rather than more connected 
don't know. Do you see that? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think it's sad because I mean we've got technology. One of okay, one of my favorite stories about the the disconnect we have with technology All right. is there was there was a day that I work from home, so I I know my neighbors in a really funky way. Okay. Um, because <laughs> I, I work from home, so I'm I'm here all the time, and so I I see them interacting, you know, in the in the neighborhood, and <laughs> this group of kids is walking down the street. Okay. Okay. And and they're not they're 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 kind of talking a little bit, but not a whole lot. Which that was actually the cool part of it. Okay. But then they're <laughs> they're texting each other as they're walking down the street. They're not talking to each other. Oh my gosh, I other. love it. <laughs> um, what the heck? You're know? like, wait, can't you use your words? <laughs> you don't talk to one another? Oh my goodness, I have a three-year-old and that's like my common thing I say to her all the time. I'm like, Olivia, use your words. And she's like, meh, because she's whining. So I'm trying to get her to not whine. <laughs> but I could see totally using that on a teenager. Use your words. <laughs> and they're like, oh, mom, you're so old school. <laughs> so Nikki, I'm curious. Um, you have a unique tagline for your radio show, don't you? I do. Why well, do you now, use it, and what is it? <laughs> let, me, let me tell you what it used to be. Okay. It used to be live, laugh, love, and embrace your sexuality. All right. Okay. Because I, I, I just I love live, laugh, and love. Because I, you know, you, you just I, I just I love. That. I feel like those three just go together. Yeah. You, if you're we living, do. you're laughing, and you're loving. All good. And all else. <laughs> If you look at my novels, they all have alliteration. So I, I like I like the using the same word. All right. Actually, with my novels, it just kind of happened accidentally. And I'm like, oh, hey, look at there. <laughs> you, you know, that creativity thing. Yeah, oh, creativity. So what is it now? Now, it's finding the right relationship for you. Okay. okay? Why do you use that? Well, I, I kind of noticed, and it was something. It was subconsciously, I didn't do it on purpose, that I I kind of shifted what I was doing with my topics on the show, that I was doing a lot more relationship-based as far as relationship options. And I want people to realize that you don't have to do the cookie cutter. Now, you can. I'm I'm not dissing this, but okay. you don't have to talk. I want people to think that I'm saying you can't do this or shouldn't do this. You can do whatever but, you want to do. Everybody knows that on who listens to my show. You're allowed to be your own unique snowflake. It's a common theme. Right. <laughs> right. right. But I want people to think to understand that if if the cookie cutter, you know, grow up, get married, have two point five kids you know, the white picket fence, if for some reason that doesn't feel right to you, you know, and stay together till you die kind of thing mentality, if that doesn't work for you, that doesn't mean that you failed and you're not a good person. Well, and I want to point out that it'd be weird to have half a kid. It's just strange. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally messing with you, Nikki. Continue. You can, what you're saying, we can break the mold and like have a relationship outside of that. (laughs) See, this, I, there we go. I've lost my mind again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she she knows me, y'all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, but but seriously, you know, the mentality of too many people is that if if you get into a marriage, no matter what, you have to stay there. And if you don't, then you've quote unquote failed. I hate that. I absolutely hate that mentality. Because I have this notion. And you may or may not agree with me, but I have this notion 
that some relationships just kind of, are you ready? Wait for it. Uh oh. Run their course. What? No way. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I've got to say something on that, Nikki. I think people are living longer, and you used to die out of marriage. I know that sounds terrible, but the reality is people would die in childbirth. People didn't live as long, and now we're living really long lives. And so I don't know if the, the, the longevity of relationships matches like the longevity of the human body anymore, but that's just me. <laughs> Well, I mean, haven't, haven't you, and I mean, this, this happens like, okay, like when you're a teenager, okay, you can have, or, or in your early 20s or whatever, you can have a relationship with somebody that has, you know, it, it begins, it plateaus, mm-hmm. it ends. And the thing is, it can be a very satisfying relationship, but it ends, okay? Maybe, maybe you grow, maybe you change, maybe you get a job and you move out of the area. And you don't really, it's just, you're just not right for each other anymore for totally logical reasons. Like not, I'm a failure reasons, but maybe I'm a different person in my 30s than I was in my 20s or my teens if they married. Like there's high school sweethearts that come in that have been married for years and they're trying to recreate something that happened in adolescence. And it's actually pretty Challenging to do, uh, not impossible, Ooh. but quite challenging, I have to say. Well, you've grown apart, and like I said, yeah. you've changed, and you just aren't right for each other anymore. That doesn't mean you failed. That doesn't mean you're bad people. It just, I think that's a part of life, hmm. you know. But society and our families have this thing that, oh my goodness, you have to stay together. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's nuts, you know. I'm not saying just on a whim give up on each other. No. No. But if if you've really tried and and it's just not working, it's unhealthy to stay together just because Aunt Susie and your mom and your grandmother say you have to. It's crazy. Well, you know, some of that comes you? from that like conservative background that plenty of people have been raised in, you know, religious, whatever the religion is, is there's this value system of you have to stay committed till the end. And I understand and respect the value system. Don't get me wrong. Actually, people who've made it for many years, all power to you, man. Like it is a lot of work. Actually, I read a Time uh, Magazine article and it asked people who had been married 30 years, 40 years, 50 years to describe marriage. And the funniest thing to me is that all of them said it was either hard or very hard. <laughs> they, but they were also super proud that they had made it as long as they had done. But I, I can completely relate to that, especially since I'm a marriage therapist, and all I see is people struggling through it. Now, of course, I'm skewed. <laughs> people don't come pay me money and tell me, Angela, we're super happy right now. Here's 100 bucks. Wouldn't it be nice if they did? Wouldn't it be nice? I would make so much money. No, I don't know if I would actually. (laughs) Because I make money for people being unhappy and unhappy, but my job is to help them get to happiness. So (laughs) hope is. (laughs) I'm just I'm just so tired of this mentality that if you've tried and tried and tried and it's just not right, then you failed. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just tired of that mentality. Yeah, because you know? you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. And why do we make square-shaped penises? It just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, who started that trend? <laughs> you are so funny. I know, I'm a weirdo. <laughs> what about the people who do end up getting divorced? They get into another relationship, and they're incredibly happy. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
then maybe they really weren't supposed to be in the last relationship because they're so happy in the next relationship. How about that? Well, what if, well, like you said before, what if relationships can have a beginning, a middle, and an end? What if you can have multiple relationships across time? Maybe some at the same time. That's allowed in some circles. I know that we've talked a lot about non-monogamy, so part of me and our history, at least interviewing each other, is about like the the whole consensual non-monogamy movement. So why don't you talk a little bit about that, pros and cons, what you think why you think it's worth exploring for some people and maybe not others. Tell me what you think, Nikki. Uh, let me, let me say first, it's not for everybody. Of course. I think, I think it should definitely not be for everybody. Um, I think there are definitely pros and cons to it. Of course. And I think, um, I actually, <laughs> two of the most popular articles I ever wrote, and I've, I've written for a lot of different websites, um, one of them was written from the point of view of a couple, and one was written from the point of view of an outsider. And it was based on the idea of whether you should or should not have a threesome. Okay, <laughs> it's the same thing. And you always see it from the point of view of the couple, right? Whether mm-hmm. you should or should, you shouldn't, and things to consider. Yeah, what about and the I unicorn? Said, <laughs> exactly. I said, how about we write a should or shouldn't article? From the outside person, mm-hmm. you know, you, somebody needs to consider their attitude too, or their their perspective. So I just wanted so to put this in before you finish it. So the unicorn is a female who joins a couple's threesome, and apparently a blue fish is the male that joins the threesome. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right. Just for your awareness, people listening, now continue. So like, what did you learn in your article? Well... First of all, figure out why you're doing it, especially for the couple. What are your motivations? And the thing is, never, ever, ever do it just to please your partner if you really don't want to do it. No, that's a good piece of advice, definitely. <laughs> no, don't, don't do something like that just to please your partner. I mean, if, if you want to do it too, then go for it and have a good time. Nikki, I want to say something about that. I'm going to keep cutting you off on this. I'm so sorry, but I'm like, I think in sex, you should never do anything that you don't want a little bit for yourself. Like you shouldn't, like, yes, you can do something in service, but only because it's something you personally get out of it. Like if people aren't a little selfish with sex, I've noticed it's very harmful to desire. Continue though. I'm like, you're right, Nikki, you're so right. But no, I completely agree. You, yeah. you got it. You at least want it a little bit. You know? So you're saying don't do it if you're only doing a threesome to please another person because that's going to cause harm in some way. Well, it is. It okay. is. And especially if they really, really enjoy it and you really, really didn't want it. And, and you can cause resentment and all kinds of problems. Absolutely. So make, make sure that you want it in, in <clears throat> some degree. Well, okay. and you know what? You know what's interesting too, it, along those same lines, and a little bit off topic, but don't we always get a little we're, off we're topic? always bunny trailing? That's just how it works. Everybody's gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> we always get down some rabbit hole somewhere. Yeah, so. we, we find our way back. So, what's the bunny trail? Well, we, we got almost 30 minutes before we found the rabbit hole. I'm proud of this. <laughs> so. Yeah, we've been on track this whole time. But so, what's the bunny trail? Nikki, quit stalling on me. <laughs> Oh, gracious. Okay. So sometimes what you can do is if your partner wants to do something and you don't, sometimes you can find, like, negotiate and find an alternative that you can both live with. Oh. Negotiating and communication skills? You rock my world. (laughs) I, you know, I love it. I love it. I'm always saying talk about it. I think that's a good idea. 
<laughs> Sometimes you want something and you're like, oh, no. And you can say, but, but, but then think about it and say, hey, what about not that, but this? Mm-hmm. And then your partner will go, oh, we could do that. You know, and then over time, you may find that you do want to do whatever they want to do. So, I, you know, mm-hmm. talk about it. Open up and talk about it. You know, Nikki, I've got an example of that for your threesome scenario, actually. So, like, okay, okay to think of a threesome to actually have sex with another person, I think could freak a lot of people out, right? But right. plenty of people are open to the idea of going to a strip club together. So, right. your secondary option could be, hey, let's go to a strip club. We will have somebody dance on us, both of us. It could be both male and female, like, because there's male strip clubs or female strip clubs. So, you could yep, get the experience right. on both uh-huh. sides. They gyrate <laughs> on you naked, and you're like, well, what is this like? And then you have a chance to go home, talk about it, but it's threesome-ish, but then it's still, it's paid, and so there's this level of distance, and you get to leave without having sex, but still, like, have a sort of experience like that. Does that make sense? True. It's just one of those ways, you know, I'm always thinking of the whole monogamish world, too. So monogamish is people who kind of skirt on the boundaries, who kind of like the idea, maybe one of them's more interested in the poly idea than the other person or the consensual non-monogamy. And so if they play in the monogamish category for a time, I've noticed people can kind of make their way into consensual non-monogamy in that slow sort of way, rather than just jumping into a threesome. (laughs) Well, I've heard people also suggest the idea of, Maybe watching porn together and oh, yeah, have sure. it playing beside you while you're having sex, and you can be watching another couple have sex while you're having sex. Oh, there you go. Or even doing cyber mm-hmm. sex. Remember the old, I don't know. So I grew up in the AOL age. I'm a millennial, mm-hmm. but I'm what they consider an elder millennial because I was in the AOL age. And so back in the <laughs> old days, we did cyber sex where you like went into rooms and you chatted about sex. And you, I mean, it was just basically the oldest version of sexting. <laughs> Back in my day, <laughs> you mean you think people don't do that anymore? No, what I'm saying is that could be a way, another one of those little ways that people could play. Of course, people still do that, Nikki. Of course, they do. <laughs> I was thinking, where have you been? <laughs> I've not been anywhere. I'm right here. I'm just, I'm just offering alternative options. Dang it, Nikki, you're so judgy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just wanted you to know that people are still doing that. <laughs> I know they're still doing. That. <laughs> well, come on, Angela, you're missing out here. <laughs> wow, I guess I need to start cybersexing again, man. <laughs> well, so like what are other pros and cons? I mean, like we need to bunny trail back to the original topic here. <laughs> You're driving me nuts. <laughs> we know that's what I'm here for. I mean, uh, well, no, see, I, speak, speaking speaking of cybersex and whatnot though, I love to encourage people to do that and and act naughty with their partner and like one of you go in one room and one of you go in the other room and call each other. Because oh. that can be really fun to kind of spice things up and have some fun. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, especially if you want to practice talking dirty, that's a great way to do it. Oh yeah, you know, if like if like you can't get yourself to talk dirty to your partner in person, go in the other room and call them. It's just because it's, well, there's a level of distance there. Or like if you get yeah. them sexting, then they can try things. Honestly, mm-hmm. I have to break it down, man. I, you have no idea how much of my work is like, I was like, why don't you try sexting? And they're like, well, what would you? S-? And I'm like, oh gosh, okay, let's break this. <laughs> you, know? you know, a good, a good way to practice that. Tell me, Nikki. Get some really super sexy pictures mm-hmm. and have them describe the pictures to you to start practicing the, and, and tell them they have to describe it in juicy terms. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Yeah. That is not a bad idea, man. What other things can you teach me? How do you kiss Nikki? 
<laughs> so she did the class. <laughs> like, I'm the sex therapist too. And I'm like, but no, like now I'm just learning stuff. Tell me more. <laughs> I actually want to write a book about how, how to talk dirty. I really want to do it. You so, do. And, and exercises in there and everything. So. <laughs> All right. Well, so, okay. Back to the original topic. Pros and cons of consensual non-monogamy. Get on topic, Nikki. <laughs> When I I write the book, I'll come back and we'll talk about it. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. We'll have you on the show again. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, one of the things, and I actually had a long talk with with some friends about this over the weekend. Um, One of the things that I think is a big perk about non-monogamy, and I think there's a lot of them, but one of my favorite things, and we just talked about this on my show, is... Each partner, just like each friend you have in your life, brings out a different part of you and a different part of your personality. Mm-hmm. And I love that about the possibilities in non-monogamy. Yeah. Um, that each person taps into a different part of you, your personality, your interests, your likes, your dislikes. And you can explore that part of you and your personality with that person in more detail. because. No one person is going to bring out all sides and all parts of you and your personality. It, it's just not possible. Mm-hmm. And I think, actually, I think too, that's putting too much pressure on one person. You oh, know, I how, agree with you know, that. You know, there's some people that, and, and mainly I've seen it from women, but I'm sure there's there's men that do it too. I just haven't come across them personally. But some women that expect their their husband or boyfriend to be everything to them. You know, they they don't spend time with their their girlfriends they used to hang out with, and they expect their boyfriend to be everything to them in their life. You know what I mean? Yep. No, I do. I mean, I mean, I I can put it out there a little bit. I mean, I'm dating right now too, and um, what I found is that like I don't know if any person like houses every single dimension of what I'm looking for, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And if you've ever been in more than one relationship, so even across time, not just like in one moment, but like say you've you've had this relationship, then later you had this relationship. They're very different people, but you can fall in love with different people. You can you can like you said tap different parts of your personality in different people. Like there's an artistic side of you. And then sometimes there's mm-hmm. a part of you that wants like a handyman who's really good at like doing stuff around the house. Um, or yeah, I don't know. Like well, there's just a bunch of different, I know I love the handy ones. They're so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> handy in all kinds of ways. I know. <laughs> Usually if they're good with their hands, they're really good with their hands. <laughs> She's trying to distract me. You're like, oh no, Angela, get me back on topic. <laughs> but so what you're saying is you can get more than, it's probably better to look around and, and get more than, like maybe what you can from one person from multiple relationships and that that's okay. It's okay for somebody to not be whatever we would consider the whole package, so to speak. (laughs) Well, and no, it it was funny because right after you and I did, did our interview last week, I went to get my hair done. Mm -hmm. Okay. And my hairstylist, who I know won't be listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) Well, she's a good friend. We've been friends for 20 years. Sure. She's a good friend. And, but we have very different viewpoints about relationships. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It makes for an interesting debate. Sure. When, when I told her what the show was going to be about, she just gave me that look she gives me, right? <laughs> that look like, me. you're crazy, but we get it all the time, you know, whatever. I know, I know. I'm, I'm used to it. But, but she comes to me when she has questions. Okay. okay. So, and then she says, 
Well, my first thing is the only reason you do that is there's something lacking in you in your relationship. And I said, that's, that's not necessarily bullshit. true. <laughs> I said, no, no, not true. And she says, well, the only reason I would want somebody else is if I felt there was something lacking in my husband and there's not. And her, her well, okay, I've met her husband. She's got a point. But anyway. Um, <laughs> okay. Maybe she got the whole baggage and good for her. I'm proud of her. <laughs> you know, but, but I, didn't, I, said, I said, no. I said, now, now let's, let's go to the friend scenario. And I explained the, the scenario with friends. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, don't you get something different out of your friendship with each one of the people that you spend time with and hang around with. And so she kind of got that and she's still like, but I just, you know, anyway, it, we went round and round and round the whole time I was there, but, but you really do, you know, you, you connect with different people mm-hmm. in different ways. And it's the same way with non-monogamy, you know, you can, you can care for and love. And, and that's the thing with polyamory. It, it's, it's many loves. You know, you can care for and love different people in different ways for different reasons and get different things out of the relationship with each and every one of these people, which is fantastic. It's amazing. Well, you you know what's interesting about that, Nikki? I was thinking Mm -hmm. about this in terms of how we change over time. Um, A couple of the episodes I've recently done have kind of covered the topic of death and how people kind of go to the extreme opposite of what they want or they thought they want after a death in their life, right? And so somebody could be the exact package you want before like the death of a loved one. And then suddenly, and this always happens actually with monogamous couples, is somebody very close and very dear. It's usually a parent, a biological parent, or it's a child, like a miscarriage. Usually this is the first thing that happens. And then after that death, it's like you, you're you faced with the fact that, that there's only so much life to live and it freaks people out. And what, what I'll see in my clients is an extreme opposite. And this is when couples tend to come in, actually, is that um, they'll, they'll want something more or something different. Or they're like, what else is out there? They get a little bit of grass is greener mentality. Right. And because they're kind of narrowly defined in this monogamous thing, so that person was the package at that time, but now they right. want something different in their life. And you see people who lived in the country move to the city or people who lived in the city move to the country or like randomly move to China because they're like, I can't do this anymore. I need more. I need something different. And going back to what you said earlier, I think it has to do with we need the, this freedom to explore different facets of our life and even different times in our life. We need different things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. When I tell you, one one of my closest friends brought up an interesting point. I posted this on my Facebook page. And he, he brought up the point. He says, well, what about people, too, that are bisexual? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a really interesting way to explore that side of themselves while still being in a married relationship. Yeah. But exploring those other sexual feelings mm-hmm. because your partner can't be both for you. It's humanly impossible. Well, yeah. And actually male and female lovers are somewhat different, right? Um, yeah. Females can be a little bit more intimate and slow. They can be a little more focused on massage and cuddling. And I'm not saying female lovers can't be more erotic and wild. I just <laughs> n- know from yeah. the differences that women tend to be a little more intimate and slow. And, and there's just differences there. Whereas males mm. can, they can still be that way, but a lot of times they're, <laughs> they can be the opposite of that too. And, and there's some excitement in that as well. Um, so absolutely. And of course you can't, I mean, if you're, if it's male or female and you want one or the other, you can't quite like 
you're not getting both, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, having an open relationship offers the opportunity to get that sort of feminine energy with a woman, but then still have that masculine feminine energy with a man. That's it. Well, and every every single person <clears throat> is going to interact with you in a different way, mm-hmm. you know? Whether they're male, female, or whatever, yeah. Every single person, even even if you were to tell five people exactly what you want sexually and intimately, mm-hmm. they're not going to apply it the same way. Oh, that is so what true. You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can I can give you a list of twenty things I want you to do. You're mm-hmm. not going to do it the same way. Not going to happen. Well, <laughs> and when you even define somebody as good in bed. That yes. person, they can be good in bed for 15 different reasons. <laughs> yeah. Like one's really good at being assertive and telling you exactly what to do. And another one's a wonderful kisser. And one of them's great at giving oral sex. Another one's great with their hands. Like, <laughs> other, you know, like I'm just saying <laughs> there's a whole world of what it means. One of them's right. really kinky and, and takes you on a ride that you just weren't expecting at all. <laughs> Have you noticed, and this is off topic again, but you, you brought it up. Okay. Have you that when somebody says kinky, there's a bajillion different definitions oh, for what yeah. they mean? Of course. Of course. I've people say that, and I'm sitting there looking at and you're kind of going through going, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you should have been on the last episode. Now, I heard something kinky. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so to me, because I hear about sex and relationships all the time, it's very, it's actually very rare to shock me with something kinky. I always tell people they're like the most normal people in all of Normalville. Cause like the, like I hear the most common question I'll hear in my sex, wine and chocolate seminars are people who say, I like this thing, whatever it is, it's a pretty normal thing to me. And they're like, am I normal? And I'm like, yeah, you're so normal. Like <laughs> you have no idea how far this rabbit hole goes. <laughs> <laughs> By rabbit hole, I mean the sex rabbit hole. But I'm just saying. <laughs> and people are like this is this is really really unusual. I was like, mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know? Well, that's why whenever I hear somebody say they think they're kinky, I ask them what they mean by it. And usually, the most common thing they say is they want a different room for sex, or they want different positions. Yep. Yeah, that's the most common thing they'll say when they want to shake stuff up. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> well, I. I, I I, whenever somebody says kinky, I'm like, well, define that for me. Yep. How, how do you yep. define kinky? Because, yeah, that, because mm-hmm. you don't want to jump to conclusions on what they mean because that can really get you in trouble when you start <laughs> to describe it and then like your eyes are popping out of their head. You're like, okay, you tell me what you meant. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, Nikki, that's not a bad strategy, actually. I found that if I go a little further than the norm, then whatever they are about to say usually feels less intense. So it's not mm-hmm. a bad thing to do depending on the client in front of you. But I would be careful with your really conservative ones. <laughs> like your hairdresser. <laughs> you can scare them quick. Well, you oh, you can. With, you know what I found with her too? Mm-hmm. Is she considers things normal if she likes them. And they're abnormal if she doesn't like them. Well, that's how I'm every like, therapist is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait a minute. Because when, when I picked up on that with her, I said, are, are you noticing a trend in what you're telling me here? And I love her to death. I really do. Sure. But everything yeah, you, you like is normal and everybody else, everything mm-hmm. everybody else likes is mm-hmm. abnormal. But, you know, I got to say, most people are like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, that's just people. <laughs> but not sex educators or sex therapists or love coaches who do it all day and who are like, no, to each their mm-hmm. own. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
Do it all day. That's cute. So when would you say it's not a good time to do consensual non-monogamy? Like certain circumstances where you're like, this is a bad idea. I know you talked about like if both of them are not on the same page, but I'm curious if there are other situations where you'd say, red light, red light, don't do this. <laughs> I think if you're a jealous person, bad idea. Um, if you're trying to do it in a last-ditch effort to save your marriage or your relationship, bad idea. Okay. Those are two big ones. Now, when you say jealous person, because I, I want to like throw out something that is actually a misconception, right? So like jealousy okay. is something everybody has, right? Right. And so th- I feel like there's a difference between working through jealousy and like a jealous person. So how would you define a jealous person? I think it's fast to be overly jealous. Okay. Because there's, there's a healthy jealousy. I hate to call it jealousy just because people tend to go overboard with jealous, the they whole can. idea of jealousy. Um, but I'm, when I say jealous, I'm, I'm thinking more out of bounds, ridiculous jealousy. Like when people you know? get violent or people kind of yeah, do things to know, hurt their or, work or. Well, or, or even if your partner just looks at somebody else and then you get all pissed off about it, you know, or if they say hello or sense. get flirting, then you get all mad, you know, that kind of thing. Because obviously they're going to talk to other people, you know, um, you know, or or if you're going to be the kind of person that if if you see your partner kiss somebody else, you just can't deal with it. You know, if you're going to be that kind of person, this is not something that you need to consider because they're they're going to interact with another person. Absolutely. I mean, you have to flirt to even kiss somebody. I think I hear that's part of it. So if you can't even handle her talking to another person or him talking to another person, you are not going to handle the kissing or the, well, you know, the next thing. <laughs> Anything beyond that. <laughs> it's going to go a lot deeper, shall we say, than kissing. So, yeah. Sure. Well, and I agree with you there, Nikki, because actually, you know, like, yeah, those really extreme jealous people, they're not going to work well. But I, I wanted to put that out there because there are a lot of people who have jealousy and then they think this isn't right for me. But really, I mean, low levels of jealousy are pretty reasonable. Of course, you're going to have to talk through things and explore what does this mean and why am I jealous and what am I missing? You know, like there's going to have to be conversations about that. So it's not that there won't be any jealousy in this situation, but I think the people who are more mature about how they handle jealousy do better than, as you define, jealous people. Very yeah, jealous I mean, I've, people. I've found that there's, there's times I have little twinges of jealousy mm-hmm. about certain things, but then I'm like, okay, hold on a second. Let me let me think about this. And then usually within like 15, 20 minutes or half an hour, I work through and go, you know, come on now. And, and then, you know, it's, it's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, but yeah, if, if, if it bothers you to even hear, you know, see the other person talking to somebody or it just, it just sticks in your crawl that, that they're spending time with another person or you just can't stand them flirting with somebody else or the idea that they're getting messages you're not getting to read from the other person or, or you know, just, just basically stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You really are not going to be able to handle this. Yeah. Well, and I want to put out there too that there are different boundaries people do set. I, I appreciate it actually that you mentioned messages that you can't read because mm-hmm. actually I've talked to different people in the lifestyle, some some more on the poly side, some more on the swinging, some they, they're anarchists who knows who they are, right? Um, but like some of them have different boundaries around that. Some are like, no, I want to be able to read any message. And other people are like, no, you do you. This is your body. This is your flirting. 
And so I I will say that in different relationships, I can see the value of having either the boundary being that everybody can read everything or the opposite that, no, these are my messages, but you can know when certain milestones are happening in a relationship. What are your thoughts on it? I I like the milestone idea. Okay. You know, um, I think when, when something major happens or major feelings occur, then I think that's something you need to know. But every little message, I, I don't think you need to know that. Well, so what I've seen with some couples is because they get compersion and they're turned on by all the flirting, then they're mm-hmm. actually turned on by the reading and like the seeing of the flirting. And some couples will do like if they're a foursome, for example, or a threesome, they'll all right. message each other. But it's like a... It's like a foursome flirtation and everybody's flirting a little bit with each other. And so not only are they getting that excitement with each other, but then after those conversations, the couples individually are able to talk to each other and get a little excitement around it. Oh, yeah. If all four are flirting with each other, definitely. That, that Yeah, that makes good sense. But it's different in a polyamorous relationship where it's not always, that's more like a swinging type relationship, I think. Right, right. See all the options that we're talking about here? I know there's so many <laughs> options, so little time. <laughs> like, I've got work to do. <laughs> but I think, I think, too, while we're talking about all these options, it would probably be good to mention, too, that if you, if you even consider doing this kind of thing, then you before you dive in head first because I'm, I'm one of these dive in head first kind of people <laughs> no <laughs> I know I know you I should have warned you before I said that right I, I, hate, I hate to shock you like this <laughs> I guess I'm getting to know you over time but yeah like I can already tell certain things about your personality yep she jumps in head first <laughs> she doesn't even know where she's looking that's fine come on come on that's not like you. come on now I'm just teasing <laughs> you're fine so continue <laughs> to give the advice that's probably important <laughs> It is, but do do your research. Get to know people that have experience with this, that have done this, that can can tell you tell you the good and the bad. You know, because I've I've known too many people that are newbies that mm-hmm. talk to other newbies and they advise each other. They don't know enough to advise each other. Yeah, they and haven't been new- doing it along. They haven't had the mistakes <laughs> to learn from. <laughs> no, you know. And and they end up making they all end up making the same mistakes and causing big problems in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Where if they had just done their research ahead of time, if they had gotten to know other people within the lifestyle and talked to them when they had questions, mm-hmm. they could have saved themselves a world of hurt, and they could have they could have actually been successful in it mm-hmm. instead of having all the problems up front. Yeah, I totally agree. I kind of call it like dipping your toe in where you just, you take a little bit time here, but get to know as many people as you can and research as much as you can, but then don't even go in fast. Like I know we were just joking about you like jumping in or whatever, but maybe like dip your toe in, try it, come back, talk, figure it out. What does this feel like? What boundaries feel safe? What don't? And then like give it a week or two or maybe even a month, (laughs) see how it sits as time passes, you know, and then, then dip your toe in again, maybe a little further, you know? But I, I think that like jumping in, like sometimes people just don't realize what they're getting into and how many emotions are involved in consensual non-monogamy. Right, right. Well, and there's so many options, even because <clears throat> we, we were talking to my show, there's the option. Somebody, a lot of dating sites you go on now, <clears throat> non-monogamy is an option, okay, when you put out there yeah. what you're looking for. Well, if if you're on a dating site 
and you go, oh, this person is really, really hot, and they're looking for nominee. Woo! I found a match. Found a match. You know, you start talking to them. Okay, and yeah, I get goofy. It's been a long day. That's okay. I'm <laughs> so, goofy too. We're towards the end of it. You do you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do really well. Okay, so make sure they're looking for the same sort of non-monogamy you are. Okay, Absolutely. are you looking for just dating a bunch of people? Mm-hmm. Okay, which is fine. Or are you looking for dating a couple people? And maybe finding a couple people to date long term. That's two really, really different types of non-monogamy. And you need to know they're looking for the same kind of thing you are. Absolutely. It's going to save you a world of hurt if you do that when you're talking to people. Well, yeah, because some people are in it for casual sex. Actually, I have a story on this. I had a client that... On the one hand, like um, they were, tr- they were just trying to do that dipping their toe sort of situation, right? And they went with one couple, and like they were having a fun time talking. But that couple, like, then they wanted to cuddle, like they wanted to slowly enter into a sexual relationship after having had a conversation and a connection. And the couple that was they were with was not comfortable with that. They like as soon as cuddling was suggestion, it suggested it like freaked them out, and they made an excuse to leave. And like it was very jarring for the couple that I was working with because they were like, well, we want we want a relationship. We want something that is more than just casual sex. We want like a long-term sort of deal. And they were meeting online. Some people meet in person, some people meet online, but uh, even on their online profile, they had put that that's what they're looking for. But sometimes even in that situation, people aren't reading. They're just kind of, let's meet, let's see what happens. Is this going to work? Is it not going to work? And so you're right, like kind of getting an idea of what you're looking for. Is it a casual sex thing where you kind of just meet people random? Is it that you want one or two couples or one or two individuals that are in your life for the long haul? Um, is it that you don't know how you want to define it? You're going to figure it out as you go. Cause that sometimes happens too. Um, really you got to just figure it, kind of like talk a lot and figure it out as you go for some situations, but some people know exactly what they want and you don't always meet the right couple to match that or individual or, you know, threesome, oh, whatever. <laughs> another, another thing to consider is if you have kids or if you were to meet somebody who has kids, mm. how are you going to handle that? Oh, and yeah, absolutely. That, that depends on like their age, obviously. So, well, Nikki, we could talk forever, but it is towards the end of the episode. <laughs> so, why don't you do a few final plugs? Tell us, uh, tell everybody about all of the cool ways they can learn about you and all the cool products you offer. <laughs> <laughs> Me? Yeah, <laughs> you. You're awesome. Tell them again. <laughs> well, obviously, I have a radio show too because Angela's been on a few times. Um, easiest way to find me is, um, my radio show website is www.readyforloveradio.com. And I've got all my shows archived there. And I think I'm getting really close to 255 episodes now. Awesome. Um, Yeah, I know. And actually I just discovered that, um, there's a funky thing going on with some of my archives. So I'm in the process of fixing those ones that aren't, aren't up to par, but I'm, I'm fixing them. Okay. Um, there's a way to contact me there. If there's something you want to listen to and it's it's not showing up, let me know and I'll have it fixed within a day or so for you. Um, I've got a page on Facebook for my show. It's um, facebook.com slash are you ready for love? The whole premise behind my show is helping people to get ready for love and healthier love and also helping them to learn to love themselves. And um, up until the end of the year, I'm running a special on my Love, Accept, and Respect Yourself program. It's over 500 pages of content. 
over 30 hours of audio on the same sorts of topics. And the only way to get a special price, I've got it marked down to only $197 right now for the entire program, is if you go to uh, readyforloveradio.com slash program. And it's uh, any, anything I can think of that's holding people back from loving themselves, I address it. And it's 12 workbooks to help you um, work through that shame, that guilt, uh, body image issues. When people make you stop, do things to make you stop loving yourself. When you stop loving yourself, all kinds of awesome topics in there. Highly recommended. It's basically I put together exactly what I would want to study through to feel better about myself. Well, thank you, Nikki. That's amazing. And of course, you've been listening to www.aboutsexpodcast.com. If you want to find me and see me as a therapist, you can visit my personal website at www.therapistinsaintlouis.com. You can also check out my books, Helping Couples Overcome Infidelity or Premarital Counseling at Amazon. And then, of course, feel free to email your questions to aboutsexpodcast at gmail.com, and we may just answer them online. I'm your host, Angela Skirtu. With me has been Nikki Lee. (laughs) Say it correct. (laughs) Thank you again for joining us. Stay kinky, St. Louis.